So I, I started the Uni Podcast right at the beginning of um, the COVID-19 pandemic. And this was a transition for me personally and professionally because for the past 10 years, I've owned and operated a um, integrated behavioral health clinic. And I have my my practice and, and what I do professionally is I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so um, I've I've been on the clinical end of, you know, all of these issues um, for many, many years, whether it be getting my my education in it and, and, and running the business. Um, but how I've uh, my role in the community has been that clinical healer, you know, and, and focusing heavily on psychology. Um, meanwhile, as a woman, as a person, um, you know, and as, as you're the expert of, you know, I've been ascending this whole time, you know, in, in Mm. my own individual purpose. Um, I've had some life challenges from birth, really, you know, adverse childhood experiences, just crap happens, you know, in, in, Mm. in early years of my life. And I've battled with um, these ascension symptoms as as I've kind of had these conversations with with Kiona about. Um, but I've battled with anxiety for most of my life and and depression um, also. But it, it all kind of stems from this anxious place, you know, where um, where just seeking what my identity, what my purpose, what my role has been. Um, it's just caused a lot of anxiety because I haven't been in that place. And coronavirus, what it did for me personally and professionally is it gave me the time and the space and the, the breakaway from really being, I felt like, um, like trapped, you know, in, in clinical and medicine. And mm. it allowed me to reintroduce, um, you know, myself and my gifts to the community as I'm a survivor also, you know, I'm not going to be in a pantsuit and have you come into my office and sit on a couch and prescribe medications, but I'm in the community and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm linked and holding your hand and, and holding the next person's hand. And I'm interested in, in pulling people upwards, you know, empowering people um, to, to a place to where they, they can heal from their past traumas, and then they could um, reach higher consciousness, you know, through through awareness, through education, through spiritual practices. And, and the spiritual component has been very heavy in what curriculum I share, you know, amongst my peers and, and with the community with regards to their mental health. I'm saying, I'm out there saying, Mental health, yes, but but we are multidimensional beings, and we need to it, understand and validate our experiences on all dimensions, and we need to reach higher consciousness, you know, to do that and to experience what I believe is the potential of heaven on earth, you know, and so, um, so I this has been my my language, my this has been my lane for the past I would say six to eight months, just super super hard in the paint. Um, wow. And so that's why I say when Kiona, pre, you know, presented this opportunity um, for for me and for the podcast, um, I jumped all over it because I was like, yes, this is where I'm at. And this is where uni is. And, and what uni stands for is exactly what I just said, empowering people um, to to think of themselves, to believe in themselves as as multidimensional beings, as powerful spiritual beings that could heal themselves Um you know, that uni is the stage, you know, for these types of, of people to come and share their stories. So 
I would love to to learn just more about you, who you are, where you come from, and and how you are basically um, like modeling that for us. You know what I mean? And what what education, inspiration, and information you could share with the uni audience to get everybody on board, everybody coming through to to jump on the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, are, without I'm, I'm further ado, <laughs> I'm about to say, are we, are we like actually live now, or are we like kind of just doing a preface still, or so, are you recording? <laughs> so, um, Kyle, who you met, and and I'm and I've got it uh, recorded now. I said his real name. It's DJ Prenup from GTV Radio. You know, superheroes don't really drop real names, so um, we'll probably edit that part out. But um, who who you were working with before? Um, he is our audio engineer. He is the chief here at GTV Radio. Um, he allows me to come in and act a fool every once in a while and, and do this podcast. So. Awesome. He started recording, um, I believe, you know, he, he records, you know, as soon as we step in the studio, but, um, but we'll edit it to, to kind of, you know, begin this conversation like so. Um, so, but for me, I'm just, this is a conversation. I, I, it's a connection between two people. It's all love. Like, I just want to, um, it's going to be casual like that. I don't really have a script. Um, so excuse me if, if this is going to be like a communication with, you know, like your sister or, or cousin or somebody, you know, yeah. like we're just, we're just going to vibe. Um, I will say just to get started, um, you know, I do want to welcome back all of the uni podcast listeners to the uni podcast. I am the host Bianca McCall. And today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited. You've kind of already heard a little bit about the reasons why I'm excited, but um, but we've got Pharaoh here, known known in the community, in the spiritual community as Pharaoh. Um, I'm going to pass the mic to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Um, but I, I just want to say I'm so excited because those of you who listen to the Uni podcast consistently um, and have been a part of our journey, you know where we're at, and 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 Pharaoh, we are we are we've arrived. We've arrived to come and speak to you today. Uh, this conversation is going to be so important, um, not only just for, for the two of us to, to vibe and to connect, but for the entire uni community um, to be able to enter into this space where it's safe and it's, it's just so meaningful to all of our journeys to talk about um, to talk about spiritual wealth and spiritual wellness and and um you know, those components and how important it is to our healing and getting through these very, very tough times. So Farah, without further ado, please introduce yourself to our community. Absolutely. Um, first off, I want to give a big shout out to Kyle. My first time meeting him, but you know, just by, you know, I, I love people that are open enough to, to share their resources with others in our collective yes. to help get our, get our message out. So uh, thank you, Kyle, for this, for being able to birth this present moment. Uh, thank you, Bianca, for having me here. Uh, thank you, Kiana, wherever you are in the ethers. Um, and I'm grateful for this. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Daryl Garth, also known as Farrell Tahar. And, you know, I know we talked a little bit earlier about you know, me having both names. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful when you recognize that you are a multidimensional being because, uh, if you if you kind of look at being multidimensional, like uh, being like a shape, right? So you have um, a triangle, which has its own individual name. But once you add another dimension to that triangle, the name changes. Mm -hmm. 
So it, it becomes something new. And so for me personally, on my journey, the more that I started tapping into my other dimensional self, the more it became easier to uh, create another archetype for myself that allowed me to be able to discover and dive fully into that without having to worry about um, the people and the, just the extra energies that are in my, they were in my, my, I won't say old life, but cause now they're both integrated. But at that time when I was discovering who Feral Tahar was, um, you know, I thought that I was leaving an old life behind and then, you know, starting a whole new chapter. And now I'm realizing that, you know, my old self and my new self are now married together. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of living in this, in this holy matrimony of, a, of an experience. Um, so, you know, that, and it's, that for me personally was, um, was a game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even when it came to uh, my personal spiritual journey, uh, you know, my upbringing, I, I kind of grew up in a very traditional Christian background. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't really room for questioning anything. And, you know, questions curate consciousness. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for, for me, growing up, kind of being the black sheep of the family, uh, you know, I was I was kind of the only individual that was tapped into my feminine energy mm-hmm. while everyone around me was tapped into their masculine energy. So I was always being commented for being too soft or for can we curse on here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're, we're yeah. really <laughs> real on here. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, gr- growing up and being always called a pussy and like always being a punk just because I was always more emotionally heartfelt when it came to connection with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I, we recognize that, you know, being able to, to be that tapped into your feminine, especially being in a masculine, allows you to be a space holder for people who need to have that vulnerability uh, mm-hmm. without necessarily feeling like they're being judged. Uh, and for me, that, that was huge because that was one of the first times where I saw one of my pains get turned into purpose. Hmm. And that's what I teach, you know, constantly today is, is that like the, the true game changer of ascension is recognizing that all of the experiences that you had, um, Growing up, your most traumatic experiences, like if I were to ask you, hey, what's the most traumatic experience that you remember? Mm-hmm. Whatever comes out of your mouth right now, that story is the key to your most powerful superpower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's your most powerful mm-hmm. gift. So once you dive into that, that frame of thinking, even for a little while, um, after a while, you start seeing, one, you start seeing your life as perfect. Mm-hmm. You start seeing how all the things that you experienced is what made you so super today. Um, you know, I was verbally abused all throughout my life, constantly being told to shut up. I don't know anything. Quit being a punk bitch. Just stop. To now being an excellent communicator because I was around these people that didn't know how to hear me. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't I, I didn't. I wasn't able to be heard. So I had to start finding more unique ways to be heard. And it ended up making me an excellent communicator now. Yeah. Where now I can walk people through healing. So that's my superpower. You know, so, you know, I think what Ascension is designed for us. And Ascension is, is the time period where we are you know, experiencing a global shift in consciousness. Uh, I, I like to look at it as uh, we're, we're, we're graduating. Um, I, I'd probably say we're graduating high school of consciousness right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, again, because we're multidimensional beings, it's almost like there are multi um, levels, almost like different school grades. Right. So everyone's, just, everyone's ascending. It's like the entire school is ascending, mm-hmm. but whatever, whatever grade you were in, at the time of ascension is like where you're starting to ascend from. So mm-hmm. certain people are ascending from kindergarten to first grade while other people are going from 11th grade to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but you know, e- either way we're experiencing this massive shift in consciousness because, you know, it's, you know, my, myself, when I became awakened, I gained access to all of my past lives. So mm-hmm. I was able to see how long I have been on earth. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was able to see 
how many times this cycle happens, uh, which is why I, I teach my students that if you, the easiest way to understand the trend of what's going on now and what's always happened through millions of years of time is to look at it like a school. So there are constantly new beings that are coming into this earthly experience to learn how to essentially create their own heaven. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and now we're entering into this time where um, the, the, the teachers are, are, are returning. Mm-hmm. We went through a long period of time where the students were, it was their job, it was our job to be able to go through a lot of pain and a lot of things because that's a part of growing up. You know, when we are, um, you know, if you look at a child, child experiences most of its uncomfortability when it's young because it doesn't listen. Mm-hmm. And just like us being, we are, you know, at one point we were young souls. Some of us are still young souls, but we have, we have our ego where we think that we know everything. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's so interesting because I, you know, I have a, I have a puppy that I, I've been raising and it's really helped me see just how a soul or how an individual being develops. And, you know, when you have a dog, you're able to watch it develop a lot quicker than a, than a human. Right. Um, so just seeing all the times where I had to deliver pain to my dog to get him to immediately listen because he was not at the point of evolution to where he'd mm-hmm. be able to understand logic or words, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to instantly just automatically discipline him to, to keep him safe, you know, keep him from running in the street, pull, mm-hmm. pull his leash back more and, and choke him a little bit because mm-hmm. he's running too far away or he's going to jump on someone when he doesn't realize that he's a pit bull. So, you know, it's like I recognize there was a point in all of our journeys where we were so young in consciousness where all the only way we were able to learn was mm-hmm. through pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're experiencing a shift. Now, as we are evolving into our higher selves by integrating our higher selves into our lower selves, we're, we're entering the part of, of our mature self that is able to actually hear from source, hear from that universal consciousness of wisdom, which is our own, you know, it, it's, it's really our, it's our ancestral self, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, Without getting too complicated, it's like your your ancestral self lives outside of time. So it's your ancestral self, but the reality of it is it's, it's existing in the past, present, and future simultaneously. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like when you can tap into that version of you, you're, you're tapping into your most mature self that has all the knowledge and the wisdom accumulated from your previous experiences, your previous lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And from that, you, you draw off your wisdom. And you're able to help yourself in the present moment ascend to wherever it is you're, you're trying to go. Man, so I'm I'm over here, like, just nodding my head, nodding my head. Mm-hmm. So people that are watching this podcast uh, on YouTube and, and watching the video, they're going to be like, Bianca... I don't, I don't know anybody that's been able to go on the uni podcast and, and have her shut up and just nod her head, right? Because... <laughs> And just from the very beginning moments of you talking, I am just so enthralled and and caught up in this because um, these are we're speaking the same language. I feel like I'm I'm meeting um, you know somebody from my my own tribe for the first time, but but not mm. not not so much a meeting, but it's it's like almost like a it's almost like a reunion, you know? Like we I've been Absolutely. speaking the same language. Um, we're working on, so the Uni Podcast has also sponsored another project. Uh, it's called Reach In Now. And with Reach In Now, um, there's a um, like trauma recovery program called the 11 Triumphs. And a part of the 11 Triumphs is exactly what you just said is, is converting pain into purpose, you know, and, and that changeover. 
And a part of the curriculum for the 11 Triumphs is um, trying to educate people on how to change or transform from that that victim consciousness into survivor or ascension, right? And so so as you're speaking, I have so many questions and really just to try to explain to um, our audience, how yeah, do mom. you do that? Because this is, th- that that's the, the main question, right? Because, you know, it sounds good, right? If I just simply right. say it sounds good um, for for all of us, I don't know anybody who wouldn't want to, to graduate, you know, nobody wants to be held back in, in these grades. So, right. but how do we do that? You know, and, and those are some of my earliest questions when you're talking about, you opened up with, um, I had to leave uh, kind of my old self behind or that old energy, but then to come to realize that you're married to it, you know, so it's, it, it doesn't necessarily go away. Right. But it, it adds to, um, you know, your, your journey and your purpose today. So let's start with that. Let's start with the how and the why for that very first concept of um, old energy, new energy. How do we grow and transform? Absolutely. So um, we all start off in life um, in our ego. We start off in the place that's comfortable. Ego just means comfortability. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we have growth, we're, we're, we're diving into the light. That's kind of like the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whether, you know, it's whatever type of background that you had, when you turned 18, you were, you were comfortable with a certain knowing that you thought you knew. You know, for me, I was a youth pastor at the time. You know, I was, you know, heavy in both in corporate America. All I cared about was trying to make money. And um, I, I cared about people. I, I wanted to make money uh, by finding apps or finding ways to actually help people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still truly wasn't really tapped into my purpose. And so it wasn't until, and this is, now let me explain this as well. Um, my, my spiritual journey was one that was very, very radical. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that I, I don't recommend for a lot of people unless you are really, 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 really tough. Like if, if you're talking like military experience, like, okay, you know, you have the regular awakening process, which is like regular military. And then you have like Navy SEALs training. Yeah. And it's like my, my experience was I would classify it as a Navy SEALs training because um, my, my entire spiritual awakening happened in only a two year span, mm-hmm. you know, whereas I'm, I'm coaching people currently right now who've been awakening for the past 15 to 20 years. Um, and so the difference though, is that I, I went through all the pain in a two year time span right. that these people have kind of just staggered out over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, my first uh, transition out of what I thought was, what I thought I knew was when I first uh, tapped into my first plant medicine ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was where I tried peyote for the first time. Um, I, my spiritual awakening began, uh, you know, I was actually trading cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember watching, uh, I watched like maybe 40 hours, no, about 60 hours of YouTube videos on how to trade cryptocurrency. And then the next month I had made 70 grand uh, trading it. And then the month after that, I lost it all. So that was the first thing that sent me on the complete deep end of like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? Like, I thought I was there. I thought I was getting it and then gone. And then I had just had a baby. She was a month old at the time. And I, and I was like, and then me and my, my wife at the time, um, we were not, we were not connecting on anything. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go clear my head. I'm going to go to this retreat. 
you know, and I'll see you in the week when the weekend's over with. And then, you know, I went out to this, I went out to this Native American tribe that's in Ava, Missouri. It's called New Haven. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the first time where, that was the first time I got introduced to spirituality as opposed to religion. You know, now mind you, I was a youth pastor. So it wasn't like I was just someone that was kind of religious. It was like, no, I studied scripture for a living. And I was looking for people to debate scripture with because I was very, very, I'm a natural communicator. So I I was looking for the people to be like, oh, you want to get into this? Okay, we want to have a conversation. First, start off naming the 12 disciples. Right, right. I don't want to talk to you. And it was, it was, I was all in my ego, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, and, And so it was the first time where I have been around unconditional love. Mm hmm. That was the first time I remember sitting at, the, at this ceremony and being around this gathering of just, it was about maybe 50 people and just seeing how open they were with the things that they shared about like their actual physical thing. Like they had food, um, you know, certain people had like LSD and stuff like that. And they were just kind of just passing it around. And I was like, you're not charging. Like you're not just going, you're not going to trade for nothing. Like I'm not used to, I wasn't used to that at the time. I was like, no, everything's, everything's an exchange. And it's like, no, you got it. It's cool. Like, like source got me. And I'm like, what? And it's crazy because, like, that's the first time you really look at yourself because it's like that was the first time I saw people actually acting like they knew God got them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like growing up where I came from, it was like, oh, yeah, I know God got me, but this is still mine. Right. Like God, right. Still, God still gave this to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, when I first that's like, you know, when you first get hit with a true dose of unconditional love, it's it's like a paradigm shift because mm-hmm. it makes you question all the love that you have been receiving prior to that point. Mm-hmm. makes you to question the love from your mom. It makes you question the love from your pastor. makes you question your love from all of your relationships. And you're like, what is this love? Because I grew up in the church where I, I, I was taught that the church love was the Christ love. Right. And it's like, but now I'm experiencing this native American love mm-hmm. that is, is completely shattering the paradigm of what I thought unconditional love. What I, I found a powerful, a more powerful love. Yeah, yeah. So that's where it all started for me, you know. And, and so at, at that point, I, I had to go deeper into it to, to figure out what this was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was the first process of me leaving Daryl Garth behind. So it was, the experience, it was the experience of unconditional love that was the first step in the process of leaving Daryl Garth behind. Um, so for people that are listening... Where can they go to seek that unconditional love? And, and how much of a personal responsibility is there? You know what I mean? Is there an ability? 100%. It's, it's one, because so let me go back in hindsight now. So I was hungry for the unconditional love before I knew that the universe was, was bringing it to me. Gotcha. Okay. So I, that's why I told you, like, when I, when my, like my cryptocurrency being messed up and mm-hmm. having the issues with my wife, those were the things that that was the way that, God was telling me what direction to go in to find the unconditional love that I was seeking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. It, it came from seeking it within me first saying like, because it, I started having a point where I started slowly kind of squinting my eyes at organized religion. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, it's, no, it doesn't stop. It's not really making much sense. Like, okay, I don't, you know, you're saying unconditional love, but then you're putting a condition on what it takes for you to love someone. That right. doesn't make sense to me. So when you get to that squinty eye moment where you're like, like I tell people, you're, when you squint your eyes, your spirit is telling you that something's up and mm-hmm. like, you don't squint your eyes by accident. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so like for me, that was like, that's like my soul that was asking for like more clarity. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so, you know, and it's a perfect example of this. I, I had a conversation with, with my sister yesterday and every time we get on the phone, she, we, no matter how much I try to stray away from having like super religious conversations because she's still heavily involved into Christianity, mm-hmm. we always mm-hmm. seem, it always seems to inevitably come to this crossroad where we're having to discuss our belief system in order to move further in the conversation. And she starts telling me why she can't listen to me because she doesn't believe something or, mm-hmm. and so the reason why I say that is because she's a perfect example of an individual that is not seeking for something new. She's right. comfortable right. where she's at. So when you're comfortable where you're at, you're not opening your consciousness up to be even see what is new in your space. You know, whatever you believe is possible is what the universe is going to bring you so that you can validate what you're already believing. Mm-hmm. I so love it. I love that distinction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I love that distinction um, that you you have to seek it. And, and that hunger is what manifests this experience of, of you Seek receiving the kingdom of God. Yep. Yeah. You know? And then you find out the kingdom of God is within you. So what's crazy is that the more I started shying away from religion, the more I started actually finding God uh-huh. in Christ. Uh-huh. It was the wildest thing I ever experienced. <laughs> you start seeing the full picture of everything mm-hmm. and it, it starts making so much sense. Like there's so many questions, you know, within the Christian belief where you ask to a certain point and they say things like, um, well, I don't know. You got to wait till you get to heaven to ask God. Right. I'm like, like, okay, like, yeah, you got to have faith or, you know, we'll never truly understand. You know, so I was the individual that never actually accepted those answers. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I was like, you know, I, again, we're tapped into like, why, if I had a question about anything, I would be able to ask my, my, my earthly father mm-hmm. and my earthly father would be able to give me knowledge because he came before me. So it's like, if, if God gave me an earthly father to show the resemblance between a father and his child, then I should still be able to reach out to my spiritual father, just like I did my earthly father and get yeah. access to the information that I needed. I love that. Um, so that, that was, that was huge for me personally. So, you know, what ended up happening was I ended up discovered, like when I, when I came back from this ceremony, um, that was the first time where I say the veil was removed from me, mm-hmm. where I started like, you know, I started I actually saw spirits for the mm-hmm. first time. Um, I was able to hear spirits talking to me and communicating to me that I, that I was a messenger. And I remember at being at that ceremony, um, I end up ascending to such a high vibration where people were walking up to me and I was able to just start telling them about their life. I was, I was able to start prophesying over their life. Wow. And wow. what I've never been able to do that prior to even in my Christian life, where that's where you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like I would I would look at them and they would start talking and I would just cut them off with something super random. Like, hey, when you go back home, you need to leave that job. And they're like, how, whoa, whoa, like how, what, what, like, how did you even know if that's something in my subconscious mind that I was thinking about like last week? Right. And right. I was like, I, I don't know, you, you going to listen or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, Let me know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it, it. Again, my this is the first time where it's like my whole paradigm was shifting. So. When I was on my way back to home, back to where I came from, um, I didn't recognize how much my frequency has shifted. Hmm. And it's so important that we understand this because this is a part of the ascension process of when you get access to something like unconditional love, for example, when you embody and you choose to take it on, it it increases your actual vibration. It literally makes you lighter, Mm -hmm. which is how you're able to shed a lot of lower vibration things that, that were creating such confusion in your life or pain in your life. 
But what happens is, is that when you do that in such a radical way, like going to a ceremony and then taking that all in and then going back to it, you don't really have, you didn't really give life enough time to adjust your life to your new frequency. Mm-hmm. So when you go back to your old people in your life, they're still on the same lower vibration frequency when you have now jumped up like four grade levels. Mm-hmm. So when I walked into the house and I came back from my retreat and the first thing my wife said to me was, where the fuck you been? <laughs> and I was like, you know where I've been. What, wait, what is it? Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was just chaos. Yeah. Complete chaos. And it was like, but it was the difference was that I was able to see it instead of being in it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I was like, this is really what I was in this whole time. I was like, how did I get myself into this? Oh, you know, yeah. and, and I was like, I, I, the second I walked through the door, I knew it was a ticking. I knew that the clock was ticking down between yeah. when all of this was going to separate and fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so within two weeks, my first plant medicine ceremony, um, I had just had my, my daughter who was a month old. Mm-hmm. And after I had lost, I lost 70 grand. I, I ended up divorcing my wife. She ended up putting a restraining order on me just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I literally got put through the ringer for like two solid months of just straight and complete hell. Yeah. But that was yeah. the process of separating from lower vibration uh, energy at that time. Mm-hmm. So I actually spent the last two years of my life traveling off grid. Um, I sold all of my possessions. Um, I gave everything, all my Jordans. I had so many pair of Jordans that I just completely mm-hmm. gave away because I, I reached this point where I said, I have to dive into this. I have to really figure out what this is, you know? So, and what I told myself was like, I, I felt like up until that point, I had been like enslaved because I was so dependent on this system economically, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. So I told my logic was in order for me to truly heal myself, I have to become self-sustained. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to travel to off-grid communities where people actually built their stuff from scratch and they're Mm -hmm. actually sustaining themselves from scratch. Because if I can learn how to do what they did, then I can create that for myself and I can heal myself. Right. Um, So that's that's what I did. And wow. uh, well, okay, so, and, and I'm only asking questions at this point so that, you know, um, it appears as though I'm doing my job and, and leading a podcast because <laughs> otherwise I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm taking notes and, and, but anyhow, so I want to, I want to take it a step back because we talked about that first step for anybody listening is to uh, seek the unconditional love in order to attract and to manifest that experience. Now, once you've manifested that experience and it's presented itself to you, so you, you find yourself, for, in your example, you find yourself on a, you know, a reservation and being offered um, you know, peyote. And so for, for whatever circumstance that is for others, oftentimes when you're presented the opportunity you know, to, to awaken or to, um, to grow or to learn, um, or, you know, let me say this. It's actually, it's actually, it's, it's, I want to really touch on this. So when I was offered the peyote, that was me being offered my healing. Yeah. Because in order for me to accept that I had to go against what religion told me Mm -hmm. about not being able to touch those things because they're evil Mm -hmm. or that those, those things are not of God. So that was the that that was the work that, the internal work that had to go on in order for yeah. me to receive my healing. Yeah. So I think what you're to tie it in is like when you 
go into yourself and start doing the work, mm-hmm. you have to feel the pain. Mm-hmm. You have to, the, the, the fear, you know, when I, when I go through my coaching sessions with people, I ask very direct questions that get to the, like, get to the core of your trauma. Right. And a lot of people aren't used to being hit with those questions so fast. Right. And they have to actually go back and sit in that moment when it happened to be able to act, to answer the questions. So that's the, that's the work that a lot of people are afraid of doing. Mm-hmm. It, that's the work that's hard. That is the true hard work of yeah. healing. Well, yeah. and, and you said the you said the word that I was I was getting to because this is the key I think in the second step it's acceptance because when you're presented with this with your healing with what you've been seeking and asking for then you have to accept it and I think that's where a lot of people maybe fall off in this process is we we think we're hungry we're seeking right and then it's presented to right. us and we have such a hard time accepting accepting that right. we 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 run back to our old energy our old selves and we say no it's more comfortable to do it this it's way comfortable. yeah this, so this, I, this I don't... is the reason why this is the reason why in scripture Christ would ask are you ready or do you believe that you can be healed he would ask a very simple question mm-hmm. that would before he actually healed someone or walked someone through their healing that, and that that question triggered the inner emotion of, am I willing to go and step into this unknown space? Yeah. This unknown that I've, I don't know who this person is. You know, I've, I've, the Pharisees told me that this person is not to be trusted, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm I'm hurting right now. Mm-hmm. And what I previously have endured has not helped me. Yeah. So yeah. You, you hit that crossroad. And, and I again, I had it when I had my plant medicine ceremony. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have that thing that is going to because. Here's the thing. If you already had the solution to your healing, you wouldn't need to be healed. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to reach out to something that is completely out of left field. Now you have to ask yourself, why is it out of left field? Because the reason why it's out of left field is your work. Is it out of left field because someone programmed you that it's not supposed to be in your life? Is it out of left field because, you know, no one's ever asked you the direct questions needed to, to process your own shit. They just let you talk your way through it and just continue <laughs> to blabber on, retelling your same story. Yeah. You know, whatever that is. You know, I, I've got clients where I'm like, stop talking. You didn't answer my question from five minutes ago. <laughs> because the, when the brain, when, when, the, when, the, when the body is going through healing, it runs away from the pain. Mm-hmm. So when you ask someone a very, very direct question that has to do with their healing, a lot of times their brain will, will literally go off on a tangent to say, oh, my God. This is actually going to bring up some work and I don't really want to do this work. So hopefully let me change the subject. Let me deflect it. So that, and then let me, and hopefully if this person doesn't cut me off, then by the time I'm done talking, they won't even remember the question being asked. Right. Right. So being able to stop someone from telling the story again and saying, answer my question. That's yeah. the hard work of healing that people mm-hmm. have to do. Mm-hmm. So, so in the next step after acceptance and what you're describing is um, how do you prevent from, from relapsing, right? Because what you're describing is, okay, you've accepted it. Then you go back to where you're tied to lower vibrations, right? And you're presented with now your first challenge, right? You're, this is, this is you publicly making the commitment to uh, going towards the new energy, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you survive that first, that initial challenge? And for you and your example, it's coming home, you know, and, and returning home right after the ceremony. Interesting question. I, so what, I, what I've learned is that the longer that process has to be, 
the more painful it is. <laughs> so what I do and how I help people today is I try to make that process of having to sit in that acceptance space mm -hmm. as short as possible because you only have to accept it long enough to identify how it serves you. Right. And that's, that's where you enter into the transmutation process. When you ask yourself, I like that confirmation right there. Um, <laughs> when, right? When, you, when you ask yourself like, okay, like first thing you have to do. So what I do is with my coaching, um, and this is really going to help, you know, a lot of your listeners kind of understand practically what the healing process looks like. Um, essentially for me, the healing process, the three-step process, and this is what I call the quantum leap method. Okay. And it's a process of construction, mm -hmm. deconstruction, and then reconstruction. So what does that mean? Construction. That is your, that is the part of the work where you're actually bringing up what needs to be healed just by talking about it. Oh yes. You know, like, you know, for example, I was sexually abused when I was 18. You know, I, I had a guy, um, put like a drug in my drink. And then when I woke up, he was giving me head. It oh, was the wow. weirdest thing that I ever experienced in my life. And it mind fucked me for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. right. So in order for me to go through that healing process, I had to first go back to that scenario mm -hmm. and say, okay, this happened at this time. I was at this place. I was staying with my dad person who I thought was going to be protecting me in that time, you know, and, and, and sitting in that, mm -hmm. then you go to the deconstruction. Now the deconstruction phase is where you strip away all the, the, the minor details of the story mm -hmm. and you get to the core of it. And the core of, of the goal of getting to that experience is being able to answer the question of how did that experience make you feel? Right. So the first thing you do in the construction is bring, is putting on the whiteboard, bringing it up to, to the topic. The next part is identifying how that instance or that, that part in your life, that painful time in your life, how it actually made you feel. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing is that you have to actually get a word. You have to actually like write down, like it, it made me feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. Okay. Write that word down. And the reason why is for the third and final step of the process, which is reconstruction. So once you, what I tell people in a little cheat sheet for this is realizing that the opposite of what you write down it's often your superpower. Hmm. So if for going back to the example, let's say, you know, in that moment, I did feel abandoned. Um, the opposite of abandonment is unification. Mm -hmm. Community. Yes. So mm -hmm. it was me being able to see how that opportunity. See, now once I find a purpose for my pain, now my pain became training, hmm. becomes training. So now I, I completely rewrite the story in my head and right. I say, okay. okay. So again, special Navy SEALs training. So it was like, okay, I went through this experience because I knew that I was put here to be able to bring people together in community. Mm -hmm. But in order to be able to actually do that, I had to know what it felt like to not have community at all. Right. So I'm so grateful now because now I have an online group that has over 6,500 members. Mm -hmm. And I would have never had that hunger. And I would have never known how to make other people who feel abandoned feel like they're in something that they can called tribe right. if I myself was never abandoned. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's my super, that's one of my superpowers. So, and the, the beautiful thing about this process of healing, this quantum leap method is that it makes it so you can tell your story from empowerment. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many men that I've been able to coach because I've been so open about my own sexual trauma and sexual abuse that a lot of men, especially in the African-American community, mm -hmm. have not been able to feel like they have a safe space to communicate mm -hmm. their sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. You know, so realizing that your story is meant to empower someone, but you first have to allow your story to empower yourself. Right, right. Oh man, more questions, more questions. I man, I love this. So before we before we move forward, kind of in in this lesson, 
Um, can we talk a little bit more about what your community is, what your your coaching and your your teaching entails, and how people get connected with you in order to to uh, join, you know, join I, I guess just kind of energies and and presence along their journeys. Absolutely. Um, you know, kind of hearing from that previous story, community is something that I hold dear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, tribe is what I call tribe to me is the elevated form of community. Mm-hmm. Um, because tribe to me ascends beyond current lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, it's more reunion felt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, once I recognized how easy it is to maneuver through the healing process, once you've had other people around you that are also maneuvering through that process, I mean, we, we see on a basic level, you know, you have an AA meeting mm-hmm. where everyone is sitting there just talking about the same process. And just by being able to sit and stew in that energy, it's able to help you feel like you can open up quicker. Right. And so that's what tribe is there for. Tribe is there because, again, the goal is to is to make the healing process as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. A lot of the healing that we endure today in modern medicine and just with our um, current methods of like therapy, a lot of it, it's, it's becoming outdated because it's it's dragging out the process. Right. You know, their therapy session just like, oh, just keep talking about your problems. And then I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about how that made you feel or, you know, kind of give you a different outlook on it. But when you switch from, okay, well, where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? How about we identify who you want to be and let's work with only with that. Mm-hmm. And then let's see how your past pain has actually equipped you for becoming the person that you naturally have a hunger to become. Mm-hmm. When you walk, when you can walk someone through that process, you can take a one year healing process and turn it into a six week healing process or even less than that. And that's been my biggest struggle with my, in the the beginning of my program is that I was, it's the healing process that I created is so much quicker that people couldn't fathom the notion. Like, like even right now I work with uh, detention kids um, at at a center and and it's like my, like I'm going to be working with students and kids that are going to be there for like a year to a year and a half. Uh Yet my program is only six weeks. So it's like, I'm learning how to like, I have to learn how to drag out the healing process now right. just, just to meet this, this atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Because again, my thing is that most people are tired of sitting in the same story. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tell people all the time, when you, when you choose to take me on as a coach, it's like, I don't, I don't coach people who are like, Oh, I think I want to change my life or, Oh, you know, I, I think I'm ready to become better. No, no, no. Again, Navy SEALs training over here. <laughs> the people that I sit with are people like, yo, I am so fed up. With this scenario, I'm so fed up with how I feel. I'm so fed up feeling disempowered. I'm so fed up telling my, my same story. I know I'm destined for greatness, but I cannot figure out how to move past this. Right. People have to have that hunger when they come to me, because when they come to me, I'm going to I'm going to snap it out of them really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be it's it's you know, it goes back to the quantum leap. A quantum leap is where you take exponential steps forward. Right. You go from taking one step forward to taking six steps forward. But you also have to have enough energy to be able to make a six step leap, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I coach people through that, you know, but they also have to be willing to do the work. And if you don't have enough drive within you to really, really uproot those things that, you know, are no longer serving you, then you will not make it through my process without breaking down and crying in the first 10 minutes of every part of the conversation and then have us having to postpone. <laughs> yeah, right. So. And now I'm hearing I'm hearing there's an uprooting of the process or communicating of the process, which allows us to be able to confront those things and heal. Um, 
Now, what would you say about the difference between because when we talk about modern medicine and even with psychology, we we always want to extract. We want to isolate, you know, the problem or the disease and we want to extract Um and then in our minds, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll go to such lengths to kill everything around the disease in yeah, order to yeah. isolate it and extract. But what I'm hearing you say time and time again throughout this, this entire podcast is there's, there's a marriage, there's, there's a, a union, there's construction that, that happens. And of course, you've got deconstruction and reconstruction, but I never hear where you're discarding you know, the, the trauma or the disease. So we don't discard. So extraction in, in, uh, from how I'm hearing you say it, um, it's got a different purpose or a different meaning. And can you spell that out for us? Absolutely. So imagine that we are these life-size battery packs, Mm -hmm. right? Imagine that every trauma you endured was the process of receiving a battery. Okay. So those batteries are designed to charge you as a battery pack. Uh-huh. When you extract that, you're taking power from yourself. Hmm. So we don't want to do that. Okay. We want to show you how to take the negative power that you thought it was negative and actually just turn it to power to, to positive energy uh-huh. and then allow that to actually empower you. Mm-hmm. That way, that way you get turned on mm-hmm. by your pain. Love it. Love it. So, you know, it's like anytime you're removing something and saying, Oh, you know, I don't want to think about that or I don't, you know, that's not a part of me. I'm not, that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, you're missing the whole reason why God put that in you to begin with. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and that's something else I, I feel like, um, it's pretty common amongst, um, among, like the human condition is to get angry with God, to, to disconnect from that relationship first, you know, the first chance that we get or the first sight of, of trauma and, and pain is, is we get mad and we say, I'm not going to pursue this relationship. So when you're talking about um, creating this positive energy so that it could be used to empower, to charge um, what, what becomes our purpose, how do we do that and maintain this relationship with with God or with our higher power because um, it, it's almost it's like innate in, in as a human condition for us to want to disconnect 